Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Brought to you by Sherwick Media, your health and wellness content specialist. Health Connect South is to serve the health community as a sustainable platform for regional health collaborations. Through our collective work, we seek to broadly define and advance the Southeast role in the future of health. Serving as a gateway between health industry silos, we seek to provide unique and meaningful partnership opportunities in health. We are pleased to share this information and these experts with you as part of our mission. Want to be part of the discussion? Join in, tweet questions and comments at HealthCon Radio. Hey everybody, it's CW. I know I have, but have you ever had the experience where you have a minor injury or your child has a minor injury, perhaps a pretty bad chest cold, and you find yourself thinking, does this need to be seen by a physician? Should I go to the urgent care? Should I go to the emergency room and be seen for this? Well, this week on Health Connect South Radio, we sat down with three experts from Ali'i Healthcare. They're a technology company that has drawn upon years of uh, Dr. Sylvan Waller and Reginald Nesbitt's emergency room background, and they have tackled this problem by developing an application. Right now it's on iOS devices like uh, iPhone and iPad, but soon to be on Android devices as well. But their app called Bond actually allows you to essentially FaceTime with a physician face-to-face using the camera capabilities of the device. You can actually show them uh, your throat. Uh, If you've got a swelling ankle, for example, they can take a look at that using the uh, mobile device. And in many cases, actually prescribe a treatment or a medication for you, preventing you from having to go and sit in a waiting room full of screaming kids and very sick people and actually be seen and get cared for uh, without ever having to go to the ER or the urgent care. Freeing up time and space in those places for people who really need uh, very significant acute care by a physician in one of those settings. Coming up, Dr. Waller explains how they came up with this concept and some of the potential partnerships that they're looking for out there in the community to maybe expand awareness of this cool new app by Ali'i Healthcare called Bond. Check it out. How could we use technology and my background coming out of Accenture to really change the way that we're practicing healthcare? How could we improve the experience for the patients that we're serving? How could we improve the experience for the physicians that we were working with? How did we deliver care more efficiently? And most importantly, how could we put the patient at the center of everything that we're trying to do? As you think about technology, you know, it actually allowed us to begin to think of ways to sort of personalize this experience. And while I was there, I really started looking at telemedicine as a way to connect doctors and patients directly, be able to remove a lot of the traditional barriers within healthcare and allow them to have a, a direct you know, patient care experience. My focus had really been on the outpatient side, really looking at the consumerism, the trends around consumerism and healthcare, looking at the confluence of technology and the Affordable Care Act. So in 2014, we founded Ali'i Healthcare with the mission of really being able to empower consumers to have healthcare delivered on their terms. So we removed a lot of the traditional barriers to healthcare. You didn't have to try and make an appointment. Uh, the average wait for a patient to see their doctor in the U.S. is 18 and a half days at the moment. <laughs> so we thought for, for folks who needed immediate access that wasn't life-threatening, where they didn't need to go to the ER, and where they weren't or didn't have, where they didn't need to uh, have a follow-up or a wellness visit with their primary care doctor, for something that was time-sensitive but not life-threatening, 
we could connect them with ER physicians in real time using a technology platform and video conferencing and do it in a way that took advantage of some of the, the industry trends that we were seeing. As you discussed at the beginning, looking at and talking to some companies who help you, for example, schedule a, an appointment either with your physician or even sort of reserve a spot in the ER. So a lot of those companies are compelling partnerships for us where we could potentially see those patients. And if they needed to be referred to urgent care or to the ER, yeah. um, we could potentially work with them to help schedule an appointment for our patients. And, and again, provide our patients with a, a differentiated end-to-end service that feels much more personalized, much, much more careful, much more empowering for them. And, and then you're absolutely right. So we're um, continuing the discussions with uh, some of the traditional healthcare folks like health systems and hospitals around how we could potentially work with them to provide these services to their patient populations. Folks who are really interested in expanding their brand recognition, their, their reach into the home and into the workplace, and who are not only, again, sort of pursuing the urgent care strategies, but see this as an opportunity to provide better care for their patients. And we think you know that so far the discussions have really most folks have looked to us to say we need an easy button we get that we could probably do this on our own but it would just take time resources expertise that we have to take off of our core competencies right. to learn a new business and a new way of doing things and so folks who are looking for that type of opportunity we can provide an easy button for them to really help them get into this the elite healthcare experts brought along with them a client Jennifer Smith She's actually a patient who's had the opportunity to use the application a couple of times, and she was kind enough to take some time to share her particular experiences using the Bond app. Check it out. The, the whole interaction was a few minutes with Sylvan, and then the experience I had when I was Reggie's patient, it was after my first marathon, and I was pretty sure I had sprained my ankle. It turned out to be tendonitis. I was crawling around my house, and I didn't really want to have to go to the urgent care sure with a bunch of sick people, you know, drive myself. And, you know, that was one of those things where I was like, I can use the app for that. And I could. And, you know, I was able to show Reggie my my ankle. And (laughs) um, again, it was just just so perfect not having to leave my house. We got the full interview with Ali'i Healthcare coming up next. Stick around. Good morning, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South radio show. Thanks for making us a part of your day again today. Sitting in for our partner, Diana Keogh, is my friend Jay Schaefer from Health Connect South. Hey, good morning, CW. We've got a full house this morning. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, a full table of guests today, so we can't waste too much time getting to them. Um, in the past, we've had a conversation or two about technology and healthcare, um, and uh, did some focus on telehealth and telemedicine as uh, as a part of that. A couple of companies doing some innovative things, and today we'll be talking to another one that is taking advantage of that kind of uh, technology platform. Ali Healthcare joins us today, and uh, found out today that I actually know indirectly the uh, the founder of the company here, Sylvan Waller, is a physician um, and. Uh, founded this company. Sylvan, thanks for taking some time to join us in the studio. CW, thank you very much for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. I was pleased to find out that you're actually a good friend of a very good friend of mine. And uh, he's joined in the studio by Reginald Nesbitt. He's the president of Bond House, which is the physician practice management arm of uh, Ali Healthcare. Thanks for taking some time. Good morning. Good morning. And 
an RN, Christy Sherman, uh, heads up the uh, physician engagement side of Ali Healthcare. So, uh, pleasure to meet you. Good morning. And you brought with you a client of the of the company, Jennifer Smith, who has taken some time out of her day to share her experience as a client using the application. So, thanks for t- thanks for taking some time to share your story, Jennifer. Absolutely. Well, um, Sylvan, we'll start with you. We'll get down to uh, talking about just your general background. That's kind of basically kind of what tied you and me together indirectly was uh, the, the fact that you're a physician and you you, you knew uh, my good friend, Dr. David Schwegman, through your time as in training. Take, take the folks through your background and, and then uh, kind of lead up to what made you decide that this was uh, something that was a necessary platform to offer people. Sure. I appreciate it. So my background actually starts in healthcare consulting. I worked for Anderson Consulting, now Accenture, about 20 years ago on the West Coast. Um, I worked with a bunch of providers and payers out there. Um, really got into healthcare, and one of the big uh, focuses that we had was defining quality really from the patient's perspective. And that was a, an early uh, sort of career-shaping project that I worked on. Um, I ended up going back to medical school after working in healthcare consulting for about five years, was able to combine my interest in the clinical side as well as the business side, um, and joined a practice here in Atlanta um, after training at Emory in emergency medicine. Um, Helped grow the practice here in Atlanta, worked there for about four years. Um, That's where Dr. Nesbitt and I originally met. Um, We were co-directors for a a hospital emergency department. Um, And we started really looking at a lot of the the challenges in medicine, a lot of the challenges around access, um, around utilization in the ER. Um, I subsequently went on to another large physician practice management company. I was a divisional chief medical officer. That's where I met and worked with Christy Sherman. Um, And my role was really to grow that business. We started with about 15 hospital contracts in the southeast and grew it to about 100 hospital contracts up and down the eastern seaboard. And it was primarily focused on emergency medicine, um, but starting to move into the outpatient space as well, looking at urgent care and things like that. Mm And my role there started to evolve, so a big part of it was really focusing on innovation. How could we use technology and my background coming out of Accenture to really um, you know, change the way that we we're practicing healthcare? How could we improve the experience for the patients that we're serving? How could we improve the experience for the physicians uh, that we were working with? How did we deliver care more efficiently? And most importantly, how could we put the patient at the center of everything that we we're trying to do? And um, as you think about technology, you know, it actually allowed us to begin to think of ways to sort of personalize this experience. And while I was there, I really started looking at telemedicine as a way to um, connect doctors and patients directly, um, be able to remove a lot of the traditional barriers within healthcare uh, and allow them to have a a direct, um, you know, patient care experience. Um, My focus had really been on the outpatient side, really looking at the consumerism, the trends around consumerism in healthcare, um, looking at the confluence of uh, technology and the Affordable Care Act. So in 2014, we founded Ali'i Healthcare with the mission of really um, being able to empower consumers to have healthcare delivered on their terms. So we removed a lot of the traditional barriers to healthcare. You didn't have to try and make an appointment. Uh, the average wait for a, for a uh, patient to see their doctor in the U.S. is 18 and a half days at the moment. <laughs> so we thought for, for folks who needed immediate access that wasn't life-threatening, where they didn't need to go to the ER, um, and where they weren't uh, or didn't have, you know, or where they didn't need to uh, have a follow-up or a wellness visit with their primary care doctor, for something that was time-sensitive but not life-threatening, 
we could connect them with ER physicians in real time using a technology platform and video conferencing and do it in a way that uh, took advantage of some of the, the industry trends that we were seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Um, we've I had a chance to meet a company that was trying to help reduce the wait time, for example, for urgent care that you can actually... It uses a map, and you can see what the wait time is for given places, and you can actually reserve a time and wait your wait at home. That's you right. You know, time That's your right. arrival so that it's just ahead of when you're anticipated to be seen. So it's it's cool to, to have companies beginning to tackle that element of spending so much time trying to wait to be seen, whether it's days ahead of your appointment time, trying to cut that time down, or trying to cut down the, the time to wait. Uh, you brought a couple of people with you uh, as part of your team. You want to introduce us to them, and we can kind of get to know their background leading into uh, becoming a part of Ali'i as well? Yes, absolutely. So, um as I mentioned before, uh, Reginald Nesbitt, Dr. Nesbitt is an ER physician as well. Um, he and I worked uh, together in a previous company. We were co-directors of a, uh, a large ER um, and started looking at uh, additional business opportunities. Um, Reggie is both a physician and an MBA, and, and both of us have been involved in the confluence of sort of business and medicine um, for most of our careers. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, you still, in addition to your your management role with the practice, you still actually practice medicine on top of that. I do. I do. So you're one of the clinicians I might link up with if I go through the application. That very well be true. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, talk a bit, a little about your story. What what led you here to Ali? What you know, take us through your your background before you got here. Sure, sure. Um, so I went to medical school at the University of Texas, and uh, subsequently relocated to Chicago, where I did my residency in emergency medicine. Uh, after that. Uh, because I'm a glutton for education, I, yeah. <laughs> I did, I did uh, an MBA uh, at the University of Chicago as well, uh, then relocated to Atlanta and, and began um, working with a large clinical um, practice management company here. I uh, did a little bit of clinical work and eventually uh, transitioned into doing some uh, corporate work. That's where uh, Dr. Wall and I met and uh, became the chief integration officer for the company where my focus was mainly on operations, uh, a lot of the strategy and business development. I uh, did that for about six or seven years and then transitioned out of that practice and um, linked back up with Sylvan. Um, he told me that he had this wonderful idea uh, for solving a huge problem that, that we both know exists. Uh, and we began to talk, and then I subsequently uh, rejoined my old, my old friend here. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the story behind the name? Uh, great question. So, um, Ali'i is the Hawaiian word for royalty. Um, I grew up in Hawaii, oh. and one of the important tenets that we have as an organization is to really treat our customers, um, our patients, as royalty, um, to give them a different experience than they may get in the traditional healthcare system. Um, one of our uh, other team members is also my, uh, Josh Berman, my co-founder, is an uh, Ironman triathlete. And uh, Ali'i Drive is the um, finish line for the Ironman in Kona, which is sort of the Iron Man of all mm-hmm. Iron Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, it was a name that really resonated with what we were trying to focus on and what we wanted to achieve and how we wanted to treat um, you know, our customers that were using our service. You should, you should be huge in Hawaii when you roll out there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we, we joke that it's the next state that we're going to. I would into, imagine so. so. It makes sense. <laughs> Introduce us to, to Christy. Absolutely. So Christy Sherman and I, um, Christy was um, uh, operating v- uh, vice president, worked with me in my prior company. Um, and uh, Christy has a deep experience in healthcare, um, a former HCA 
um, and then uh, physician practice management experience. Um, we, again, collaborated, and she was very good when I started my last company to sort of take me under her wing and, uh, and, and get me into uh, the culture and help grow <laughs> uh, the team that we had there. Um, and so we built a great team, certainly saw the opportunities in the ER. Um, you know, about a third of the patients that we were seeing were, uh, were sort of these patients that didn't need to be in the ER. And the CDC says, you know, about a um, about a third of the patients that are in the ER today have maybe time-sensitive medical problems, but not life-threatening things. And and so we really saw that opportunity. And when we started this company, uh, again, I tapped Christy on the, the shoulder to, to come help me get this started and, and help um, work with Reggie and I in building the, the clinical practice and the physician organization. And I see you were an RN, Christy, yes. by, by training. So what kind of work were you doing clinically in the past? Well, I'm what you call a seasoned RN. Yeah. <laughs> It's a play way of putting it. I spent about 20 years with HCA, um, various leadership roles, mostly critical care, yeah. uh, emergency services, and also an admitting department. So I've spent a good 20 years dragging, pushing patients literally through our system of the hospital world. So then I jumped ship and went to the physician side of the fence and physician practice management, where we work with various hospitals contracting to provide emergency services. So our focus was always on quality and, you know, time efficiencies and what can we do for process improvement. So we've spent our lives trying to figure out how to treat the patients better and faster. So when Sylvan was talking about this new company, I was like, oh, how fast can we get going here? Because it's just a, a great opportunity. My focus right now with the company is on physician engagement. So it's the standard recruiting, scheduling, and credentialing and uh, making sure our physicians are comfortable with the tools that we have but also making sure that we recognize that our physicians are also consumers or customers of our company. And we want to treat them the same way we're treating our patients. We want them to have the best experience. We want the best and the brightest emergency physicians. We're not necessarily wanting the ones that are tired and looking for a way out of the ER. Sure. We want the ones that are actively practicing and looking for a way to really have a nice quality visit with a patient where all the other barriers that they normally struggle with on a shift are, are just gone. It is them and the patient. There's no register, there's no waiting room, there's no triage nurse, the patient clicks and they're in front of them. So it's a whole different experience for them and they love it. That's so far the response has been excellent. That's pretty amazing. And of course here in a, in a couple of minutes we'll get a chance to actually talk to uh, one of the individuals who's had an opportunity to interface with the platform and talk to and, and interact with your physicians. Uh, Jennifer Smith is a, a client of the company that came with you. We've been talking with experts from OE Healthcare uh, Sylvan Waller, the founder, Christy Sherman, uh, their physician engagement uh, director, and then, of course, Reginald Nesbitt, one of their physicians, and also heads up the uh, physician practice side of the business. And when it comes to the application in general, one of the things you talked about was the fact that uh, statistics say that as, as few as a third of the patients who are going to the ER actually have a time-sensitive problem. I assume that's, that's one of the big problems we're trying to solve here is giving people, because I know I've had thoughts in the past, whether it was related to the kid or just ourselves. Um, I wonder if this cut needs stitches or, you know, and the only way to find out is to actually go. And now you're there, you've spent the time, you spent the money and, oh, this probably, all this needed was, uh, you know, a good Band-Aid. Um, so, you know, talk about some of the, uh, some of the 
problems that you're solving. Clearly, it'll be reducing some of the workflow or the backlog, if you will, that occurs in the ER with all these people that have the headache that they've had for the last 10 years. They can't take another day. Um, you know, sit, take us through the problem that you're going to solve in addition to, you know, easing some of that backlog. Sure. So, um, you know, a good example of one of the things that we can do is, you know, we had one of our, um, one of our early customers um, called me right before going on a, um, a vacation, a ski vacation at Christmas time. So they're a family of five. They're headed to the airport, um, and their um, one of their kids fell and cut their chin open. And so, um, you know, again, she said, "Well, my options are go to the ER, where it will cost thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars, um, just to walk in the door, right. wait four to six hours, miss our flight, Delta, you know, love them to death, but they probably won't hold the plane for yep. us." Um, <laughs> Uh, or, um, you know, again, uh, you know, try and find another option. They call their pediatrician who, you know, again, that's right before the holidays, they're backed up. Um, so she was really at a loss for sort of what to do. How do we, how do we sa- save our vacation? How do we make sure that, you know, um, you know her, her son got good treatment? Um, and that's really where we come in. We solve an access problem for patients. So they can use our um, secure encrypted um, face-to-face video conferencing platform. Um, we can look at the patient directly. We can look at you know, her son's cut on his chin and help her decide you know, what needs to be done. Is it life-threatening where it does need to go to the ER? Um, is it relatively minor where we could, um, you know, again, wash it out, put a Band-Aid on it and be done with it? Um, or does it need to go, to example, for to, uh, to urgent care where we can refer to the, the nearest appropriate facility to help that family um, still get in and out in an hour, um, get to uh, the airport on time, still be able to make their flight? Um, and that, that access problem and that advice of a, uh, of a trusted physician is really a big part of what we provide. Now, now, obviously, we also see a lot of those time-sensitive medical problems, so we saw a lot of patients who had flu this winter, um, and we offered as part of a promotion when we first started um, that you know, we could get um, flu mist for our initial uh, customers. Mm. Um, and one of our customers, and I still tease her, you know, we said, hey, we're, we're offering flu mist. Would you like to do it? And she said, oh, I you know, rarely get the flu, and uh, I should be just fine. <laughs> and, of course, you know, three uh, days later, she calls using our service. Days. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and said, you know, okay, I have the flu. I have a high fever. This is terrible. She's like, but this is fantastic that I don't have to get out of bed, that I don't have to try and make an appointment in the doctor's office. I don't have to, you know, hope that they'll give me a call back today. I don't have to wait four to six hours in the ER. Um, and so for her, she was able to connect with us in real time, get a diagnosis, have the medication electronically sent to the pharmacy of her choice. Her husband picked it up on the way home. Um, and two days later, she called me and said, I feel so much better. Um, I can't imagine you know, not having access to somebody sort of in real time. And that's, that's really the problem that we solve is for patients, we can give them access to a doctor in real time, taking away all of those other traditional barriers in healthcare. And what we're talking about here with Ali'i Healthcare is it's it's essentially an application-based platform, correct? Yep. Um, and the interaction with you comes through, is it my mobile device? I assume I can probably log on to a website as well. 
Yeah, so we started with um, with a mobile-first strategy. Um, we're iOS only, so iPhone only right now. Okay. Um, but we have a team of engineers in the office um, led by a, um, a Georgia Tech intern right now who's uh, furiously working on the Android version as well. Yeah. Um, and then we'll absolutely do a, a web a desktop or a laptop version uh, that can be accessed uh, through, through any uh, browser. Okay, so my iPhone, iPad will interface with the with with That's the correct. platform. Yep. And so from what I understand, it's essentially using it it, it kind of uses the FaceTime kind of component, if you will, of the of the device being able to see you, you can see me. That's, and, that's correct. And so is the goal basically to have your customers contact you first before they just head out to the to the ER, to the urgent care, unless it's obviously, I'm I'm having chest pain, we need to call 911. But, um, I mean, who exactly do we want to contemplate having access to the system, to your your application? Uh, Great, great question. So we're really focused on, like I said, time-sensitive but not life-threatening medical problems. So the type of thing that you would often consider going to urgent care for. So if you're having a heart attack or if you're having, um, you know, the worst headache of your life, um, those are not things that we want to treat, you know, with our platform and with our physicians. Our physicians are really good at treating those things, but they typically do it in the hospital right. environment with right. with some additional tools where they're in front of a patient. Um, but for us, we started with about 50 different clinical conditions that we could treat, um, and most of them were non-life-threatening. All of them were obviously non-life-threatening. Most of them were what we call low acuity, so meaning um, that they're easily treatable, we learn in medical school that about 90% of a physician's decision-making is based on the history, based on the story from a patient. So we take that along with the, um, the, the ER physician's ability to accurately and quickly diagnose um, these clinical conditions, and we started by treating about 50 different things. It's expanded significantly as we've gotten more experience in the area, as our physicians have become more comfortable with this, and as we engage the customer, um, the patient, more and more in this process. So our platform allows us to, to have a face-to-face visit. Um, we have technology that allows us to flip the camera around on the phone, turn on the light. We can look in the back of somebody's throat to see whether or not they may have strep throat. And the, the image we get, yeah, Chris, Chris <laughs> just, uh, you know, had her hands out wide, but the image we get on a high-definition 27-inch monitor is better than anything that you know Reggie or I have ever seen in the ER where we're trying to look in the back of somebody's throat. Um, so we, we use the, um, you know, the, the pieces that are inherently positive of the technology to allow us to have a personal interaction with somebody and to allow us to diagnose you know, a, uh, you know, a pretty significant number of medical problems. It would seem somewhat obvious, I suppose, but how, how do you go through the process of making sure you educate your, your consumer? Look, don't, when you start you know, having that burning sensation in your chest or when you start feeling you know, dizziness or you know, the worst headache of your life, that don't call us for that. Call 911. How do you, how do you, you got to let them know that somehow, I would imagine, because I would imagine there's lots of people that would just inherently think, oh, I've got, I've got the ER doc right here. I'll just pop, pop yeah. here, delay some time. And that's really part of the, you know, messaging that we do with our team. So, you know, not only is um, it embedded in the, in the 
technology platform itself, sort of the guidance that, you know. There's some messaging in there that yeah, tells you. if you're me. having a life-threatening medical, you know, emergency, please, you know, hang up and dial 911. <laughs> um, but our physicians are very good at going through uh, and assessing the risk. Uh, and if they feel that someone has a, um, a high-risk medical condition, they will refer those patients to, you know, the appropriate setting. So you named the technology platform Bond. Why did you come up with that name? Bond, James Bond. Mm-hmm. What I understand, right. there's a little bit of connection there. There is, absolutely. So <laughs> we, like Ali'i, we wanted the name to reflect um, our relationship with our, with our customers, with our patients. Um, Ali'i, as the, um, the technology company, um, is really focused on you know, treating our customers like royalty. Um, Bond, we felt, was a great name for our first app, our first uh, technology platform in the service, um, because it, it again, uh, demonstrated and reflected that relationship between the doctor and patient. But it also um, obviously has ties and, and connotations around the movie um, that is both, you know, um, efficient. It is both, um, you know, luxury, high touch, um, and, and obviously James Bond, you know, always has all sorts of, you know, high technology. Very cool. Uh, the gadgets. Yeah, yeah. gadgets that, yeah. That, that really are, you know, incredibly effective for, um, for what they do. So do you have a queue in the company that's always a... We, we don't, but we may, we may have to work on that, right? So, <laughs> so from what I understand, the, uh, the application is available now. You've got folks that are beginning to use it, obviously. We've got one of them sitting here with us at the table. Um, when did it actually go live? And, and from what I understand, it's, it's currently focused in Georgia. That's correct. Um, so we actually did a six-month trial with a number of our uh, initial customers, and Jennifer Smith was one of those. Um, so we did a six-month trial um, where we really looked at how our patients um, using the service, getting feedback from the patients, building out not only the technology platform, but the business processes around it, uh, the physician network as well. Um, because it is healthcare, and, and Jennifer has a, a background and experience in this, um, there are a lot of regulatory pieces that go into this as well. So we made sure that we were compliant with all of the state um, regulatory requirements around being able to deliver healthcare and telemedicine. And and you're absolutely right. We started in Georgia. Um, we think that uh, it's a pro telemedicine state based on the regulations, mm. um, and we'll continue to expand from there. We we ended the. Uh, trial several months ago, and we began to commercialize the product. Um, and so it's now available in the App Store. If you search on Bond Intelligent Care, um, you can download the app. And if you're in the state of Georgia, you can access it um, and see one of our physicians utilizing the, the technology. Clearly, you, you're, you're here and you're telling your story on the, on the radio with us. But I mean, beyond appearances like this, how are you getting the word out to, to folks about the application's availability and what it can do? So one of the um, one of the big things that we're focused on is when we started doing customer discovery and and really learning about the problem that we're trying to solve, um, we went to a lot of patients, a lot of consumers, um, but we also went to organizations to really ask around. You know, what were um, what were the pain points for these different groups, and for consumers, it was around um, the difficulty. You know, when when we would talk to a mom who said, you know, my my son fell and hit his chin and has a cut. 
it was less, there was certainly concern around the clinical condition, but there was more concern around it's going to interrupt, you know, an otherwise busy life. I can't get in to see my doctor. Um, I'm not sure what I should do. You know, we're going to miss the, the flight to uh, our ski vacation. So it was really around the disruption of their lifestyle. And so we, when we started this, we, we wanted to make sure that we created something that really fit into their lifestyle and empowered them to have, you know, care delivered on their terms. We also went to organizations and we said, you know, what are the what are the things that are out there now? What are your employees? What are your members? What are your patients, your um, you know consumers at the end of the day do? Um, and what's going to be a valuable service for them? And what we found was by creating something that's really consumer focused, um, but also working with those organizations, um, we will have a two prong marketing approach. So one will clearly be on the consumer side, focused on getting the word out to consumers. But the other will be working with organizations to say, how do we provide these type of services to their members, their employees, um, their patients, if you will? So when we're talking to organizations, we're talking like insurers and, and, um, and I guess businesses as well, but uh, insurers being one of those Correct. that so you're we're, telling we're, about it? Yeah, so, um, you know, um, large health systems, so multi-hospital health systems who are interested in getting into telemedicine. Um, you know, we're in discussions um, with uh, health systems now about how we work together to partner on delivering our service to their patient population. Uh, again, allowing them to extend their brand recognition into the community, into the workplace, um, provide, you know, better care for their patients for these low-risk medical conditions where they, you know, if they're time sensitive, they can they can actually see a physician and be treated in real time. Um, and then at the same time, we're working with uh, educational uh, institutions where they want to be able to provide this to both their staff and their students. Uh, and then we're talking to employers, and we just were uh, talking to a, um, another professional services firm recently about um, how they could offer this to their members as well. And and for us, it's really important that we maintain control over that um, over that customer experience because we do think that's one of the things that really sets us apart in the industry um, and and you know again we can we can talk to Jennifer about sort of her experience using it but um, we've worked really hard to remove those barriers to care and so the partnerships that we're working on now are with organizations where you know they um, they believe in our mission and vision they're also interested in empowering um, their members to have healthcare delivered on their terms. We've been speaking with healthcare experts from Ali'i Healthcare. They're uh, an application-based uh, platform that helps healthcare consumers actually be able to log into the application and see face-to-face -face, um, an ER physician who can advise them on whether or not uh, a particular problem that they're dealing with uh, would require a visit to urgent care or emergency room or perhaps be able to handle that um, through some discussion with the patient and going through their uh, history of their current problem might actually be able to address it right there through that particular interaction, saving them all the time and hassle of going to uh, an ER or urgent care and waiting a long period of time. You mentioned the fact that we're starting in Georgia uh, because it's got some, you know, telemedicine-friendly regulations. I was going to ask you about, the, you know, what's that landscape look like when you start looking at, okay, we've got everything all good to go, we're, we've really refined it down, and uh, and now we're ready to branch out to Hawaii where they'll love us because of our name. That's right. Um, <laughs> I mean, what's that, what's that landscape look like? I mean, is it very 
is it widely varied between states as far as how they handle telemedicine and how does that affect you? It's changing daily. So right now there's, what, 28 states that are super friendly to what we're doing today. Majority of them have either movement or regulations coming into play to allow for insurance companies to actually pay for telemedicine visits. Some states don't allow that currently. Mm. So there's every day it's a new day, but there's, like I said, there's quite a few states, particularly we've identified the states that we want to move into in the next you know, six months to a year as we roll out. So it's it's a changing landscape every day, but you know, lots of opportunity. One of the things that you mentioned um, it was collaborating with or reaching out to health systems, for example, in addition to third-party payers of some kind. Um, and who's who else is doing this? I know that the entrance to the telemedicine, I mean, it's been around a little bit, so there's some out there, but in, as far as facing the population that you're facing, trying to deal with that, is this an emergency room visit is an urgent care visit kind of interaction. Is there anyone else doing this already in addition to you, or are you one of the first entrants into the, this particular space? So there are a couple of folks who are doing this now, um, and they're really serving slightly different markets. Um, so there's a uh, there's one competitor that's been in the marketplace probably the longest, Teladoc. Um, they just went public a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, um, and they're really focused on the employer space. So they're working with employers to be able to to deliver these services to um, a, a business's um, you know base. Um, we're uh, differentiated from them in a couple of different ways. One, we are video only, and when Christy talks about the regulatory environment. Um, most of the state medical boards um, say that you have to have a face-to-face interaction to establish a new doctor-patient relationship. If you don't have a face-to-face interaction, you can't establish the doctor-patient relationship and you can't actually practice medicine and you can't prescribe medications. So for us, it's a real differentiator in that we use video, which is much more prevalent now and is available on you know 80% of mm-hmm. consumer smartphones. And we use that to our advantage to be able to meet the regulatory um, demands around that. And so when we talk about, um, you know, being able to be in be in healthcare, but be able to um, sidestep some of the um, traditional regulations, we make sure that we're compliant with the important core of those regulations, um, take advantage of the technology in the way that allows us to connect to consumers. And so that's a big part of what what differentiates us from some of the competitors that are out there. Now. I guess it's early on to be asking such a question, but, I mean, do you plan to be able to offer this application to, say, health systems, for example, as a as a white-label option to keep them from, well, I can, well, we're, we're, we're a massive health company, we'll just do this ourselves and we'll offer it through our own, rather than going out and recreating the wheel that you've already put in place, do you have the ability to kind of plug in so that this is a service that they can provide and maybe charge for themselves through you maybe paying a fee or licensing, anything like that, through that kind of a collaboration to keep them working with you instead of trying to work under you? Yes, absolutely. And so we're um, we're in discussions um, with a large health system now about how we work together to do this. And what we've said is, you know, we're less interested in the traditional white labeling um, approach to this. Um, as you know, innovation oftentimes for large organizations is more difficult. Mm. And so we can provide an easy button for these large organizations where we are responsible and have developed the best practices around the innovation here, being uh, telemedicine and and focusing on creating a really 
um, compelling experience for our patients and our consumers, um, and they want that. We we have um, we announced in May a partnership with Jackson Healthcare, which is uh, the largest private staffing organization and, and healthcare solutions company that's out of Alpharetta, um, where we're working together to get access to 15,000 of their ER physicians across the con- company. Uh, country, excuse me, which help us um, scale rapidly. Right, and then we're also working with a um, you know a large multi-hospital health system, um, where they um, you know they looked at proposals and interviewed all of the competitors in the marketplace, and chose us based primarily on our focus on the consumer experience. Um, and our focus on quality, where we use ER physicians who see, you know, everything from heart attack and stroke down to, um, you know, sinus infections and bronchitis and, and rashes and things like that. So you're absolutely right that we do see the opportunity to work with larger healthcare organizations. We want to work with those that are really consumer friendly. We want to work with those that are fairly innovative, that want to offer a service like this and recognize the value that we bring to the table and being able to help them with this. And a lot of times it is, you know, the discussion starts with, well, we sort of want the technology, but we want to do it on our own. Um, and what we quickly realize and, and what some of our partners have quickly realized is, and there's a lot of complexity behind it, you know, the secret sauce is not just uh, in providing the technology, but it's creating an end-to-end service that's really compelling for a patient at the end of the day. Um, and if we can do that, and we can partner with somebody to still stay true to our core values and what we're trying to achieve and, and make healthcare better for our friends, family, and the community, um, then those are great partners for us. I would imagine that the, on the healthcare delivery side of things, those health systems, those hospitals, that there's got to be a f- fair measure of interest in providing such a service just because from a patient satisfaction element when you look at the wait times that we talked about earlier in the emergency room the the backlog that can occur where um, you know they're they're have a harder time seeing patients in a timely fashion maybe some of those that are needing that really quick time um, to be seen um, I would imagine that being able to significantly reduce the the load of patients who are coming more or less from a primary care visit or an urgent care visit to their emergency room facility has got to help them dramatically, both from just the patient satisfaction, but also from their the the emergency department satisfaction as well. So they're not slammed all the time with low acuity triage type patients that uh, that are that are flowing through so i'd imagine that there's got to be some that are certainly interested in partnering with you to try to provide this yeah i would agree with that i think that you know one of the traditional things that most healthcare um healthcare organizations have done is either build more rooms yeah which, <laughs> or try to add an urgent care and well, extend yeah, that yeah. Yeah, exactly or add urgent cares and, and in the end you just end you end up adding more patients to the more rooms and more patients to the more urgent cares that you have. And I think that one of the things that makes us compelling is the experience itself. Um, But no matter how robust the platform is, um, without that compelling experience, it doesn't matter. Uh, We think that the value can be seen in that it's not so much as expanding um, the places that you see the patients, but why not give the patients a better access point? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no need to build more rooms. There's no need to build more urgent cares when you have patients who have the same issues, and you're still going to, on top of that, add additional cues to the system itself. So by providing a different access point, an innovative access point uh, for patients to be seen, you can not only reduce the load, but you can actually give patients a better experience. Uh, one of the things that we really focus on is the importance of respect. 
uh, respect not only for the patient's time, but more importantly, respect for the patient's condition. And oftentimes when you have patients that show up to an emergency department with something that they perceive as time sensitive uh, to the providers, that's not always how they necessarily yeah, are like, viewed. <sighs> yeah, why this? Why, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of the dirty secrets in medicine. Well, you know, you never yeah. let the patients sure. know, but you know, why are you here with this? And oftentimes the providers themselves or the facility themselves are able to shield that, but occasionally it comes out and the patient perceives that. Yep. And uh, it reflects negatively in their patient satisfaction scores. Um, but you know, in the, in the instance in which Sylvan t- took care of the family that had um, the cut to the chin, for them, it's a big deal. And but it may not necessarily be the big deal for the facility or or for the yeah that's the, the big deal that's going to let you wait two three four hours and exactly the, right. exactly <laughs> exactly so you're waiting and so it gets back to the respect for the patient's time so I think that uh, providing this different access point takes care of those two issues uh, while it subsequently reduces the amount of time that you're waiting and also for the for patients that are waiting and also reduces the wait time in the department itself and allows uh, institutions to really focus on high acuity issues that should be there. You talked about the fact that one of the things that you tried to focus on is that patient experience through the interface. Can you talk about that? Try to obviously we're on radio, so it's hard to <laughs> visualize it. But can you kind of help the the listener imagine what what makes it a you know how does it work? What what do we see? And what in your mind makes that an intuitive, elegant experience that helps that patient satisfaction flow? Sure, I think one of the things that it it should probably best emphasizes that is when you're using our platform, the technology is invisible. You have a face to, true face-to-face interaction with the physician, which is what you should have. And we like to say that when our physicians are treating the patient, you're the only patient that they're treating. Mm-hmm. Patients are, are increasingly becoming more aware that when they are in certain settings uh, in, the, in the emergency department or in the urgent cares, it's very apparent that just look around and they see hundreds of patients around them or the perception that there are hundreds of patients around them. And for the most part, unfortunately, um, waiting has been a built-in expectation in healthcare. Uh, But the intimacy of our platform takes away a lot of that, takes away all of that, essentially. Uh, So the patient is just with the physician. Uh, We've built in some algorithms that allow the patient to put in very, very minimal information. Press, I would like to see a physician, and you're there within 30 seconds. And for our physicians, it's a very, very um, different experience for them because they are accustomed to managing multiple patients at a time. It's nothing for an ER physician to have eight, nine, ten patients at a time. Mm -hmm. And while we are the masters of multitasking, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that can be... Yeah, it's a little harried. Yeah, it can be a little harried. It can. Uh, Because you're constantly getting interrupted. Uh, You're constantly being pulled in multiple directions. And I will tell you, uh, while that is part of our training to become masters of multitasking, it is absolutely refreshing to be able to take care of a patient one-on-one. And that really comes across um, in the interaction with the patient. Um, and you can take your time. It's the equivalent of actually sitting down and, and spending time uh, at the patient's bedside, uh, but it's just you one-on-one. And it really facilitates and really changes the dynamic of the experience. Um, and also, you actually get a, a different patient. Imagine having a laceration. or imagine having something that you think is incredibly important, but you're, you're in the queue of the strokes and the heart attacks and the, you know, the dislocated body parts. Uh, by the time you get there, the patient's mindset is a little bit different because they have been waiting. 
so the first thing that physicians are often confronted with is calming that patient down, giving yeah. what's often referred to as the blameless apology. So you're spending the first several minutes of your encounter not being a physician, but being a facilitator. Yeah. Uh, what differentiates us on our platform is as soon as a patient shows up, you are the physician. There is no apologizing. There's no blameless apology. There's no facilitating the, the wait time because there is none. We've eliminated that. Uh, so the patient gets directly to the heart of the matter, and you get to actually remember why you became a doctor. So what does the virtual practice look like? I mean, do you have, I guess, physicians who are maybe practicing at, say, Northside or at Piedmont today, and then tomorrow I'm on staff basically manning the, the application for OLEE? Is that how it's working, that the, the people are primarily doing a couple of different things? Essentially, yes. So as, as Christy mentioned earlier, one of the things that we wanted is that we don't want physicians who are out of practice. We want people who are mm-hmm. actively practicing. And we provide them a, a secondary alternative uh, for that. Um, rather than pick up a bunch of extra shifts that are you know, physically demanding, you get to practice with us in a, a physically less demanding environment yeah. in which you get to actually enjoy what you do. Not that they don't enjoy what they do before, but it's no, a No, I know different. exactly what you yeah. mean. And and so uh, as, a, as an RN in the past in critical care, as Christy was sharing herself, I used to do extra work um, through a, a staffing company. And uh, when I had the opportunity to do so, I chose less acute critical mm-hmm. care shifts so that, uh, you know, a, a small town hospital's ICU was not Baptist Medical Center's 1,200 hearts a year ICU. Um, and, and so it sounds like that's a nice opportunity for them to do some extra work if they need to. Maybe they're trying to pay off student loans or whatever the case may be, whatever their motivation is for doing the extra work. But they don't have to get crushed. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we really have a lot of expertise is, is building large physician networks. And that's one of the things that I spent with my previous uh, previous company and as well as Selvin did is building large physician practice networks. Um, so we have the ability not only to build them, but we're taking a special focus with our physicians to make sure that we treat them much, much differently than they ever have been. Oftentimes they are just, um, have become commoditized mm-hmm. and have become a cog in the wheel. Yep. And um that's an unhearing experience sometimes for for physicians. So we've really taken the approach to make sure that we focus as much on the physicians as we focus on our consumers. So for me, as an as a physician who's working with you, what's my experience like? Am I is it shift work in a, in a way? I've got kind of like on call. I've got a, a device. I would assume that alerts me that somebody is is tapping into the platform and I'm needed. Um, what's their experience like as the provider? So what we do is we have a, sort of a pool scheduling model, almost not too far away from Uber, to where we have physicians that are available in certain blocks. Um, they log on to our system, and um, they are slotted within certain time frames. And when there's a patient that arrives, their computer literally rings and allows them to know that there's someone that needs to be seen. They sit, sit down and uh, pressing the engage key, and they're having, having the experience with the patient. So they stay near a, an actual laptop or a PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not one where the physician is going to be mobile as well, potentially, where they're using their mobile device to, to do it. They're actually enga- engaging, I guess, because they've got to be using an EMR of some sort. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I got you. And, and we get that question all the time. So today, what we think is, from the consumer experience perspective, 
it's better for the physicians to be in front of a laptop or desktop. Mm -hmm. um, they certainly are very interested in you know trying to figure out how to be mobile as well. And I think as the technology gets better and as we get savvier about sort of the things that we can do with the technology, there's an opportunity there as well. Probably helps stay focused, I suppose, when you're it, you're it, you're at the unit, which is the computer. It does. <laughs> and, and what we found is you know right now as we're building the company, we've got sort of you know the two models and um, the pooled model that Reggie talked about, and then if the demand so if a patient calls in and there's not a physician immediately available to see them um, we have a, a, a communication mechanism where it alerts the patient and says you know we'll be with you in just a minute we're finding a physician you know we're working on getting a physician um, to, to be able to see right now um, and it in you know communicates with the physician communicates with the patient um, and so it allows us to do that in a way that again um, you know is respectful the patient's time can connect with them very quickly um, and so it's it's just communication. It's it's respecting the patient's time. And what have you found to be the longest period of time somebody could reasonably expect before someone's online with them on the other end, physician-wise? Oh, it's either instantaneously or we're able to get a physician usually within a few minutes. It's every once in a while, if it's a unusual time of day or something, it might take a little bit longer today. But the future will be that there's somebody 24-7 more than one physician scheduled. And we're not going to schedule them in the traditional 10 or 12-hour shifts. They'll be doing four-hour blocks, whatever works for them, because most of the time they'll be doing it out of their home office, or if they're on vacation, they might want to sign up for a few hours to keep in touch. So it's very flexible. And in that case, w when the physician's not able to just boop, be there within a few seconds, how does that how does that get transacted, if you will? There's a, we're, we're, we're getting a physician online for you that's going to it looks like it's going to take approximately five minutes. We'll ping you back as soon as they're they're ready. The patient receives an immediate prompt to ask them to put in their cell phone number. Okay. And then the, once they do that, they get a text back to them with a message from us saying, we'll be reaching out to you shortly to coordinate that visit. And then behind the scenes, we coordinate. And sometimes it's the call to the patient to say, the physician is ready for you. Please go ahead and utilize the app. Mm -hmm. And it's usually within a few minutes. So. Roughly how many users have you enrolled in the application so far? Um, well, we did an uh, initial trial where we had a, uh, a limited number of reference customers, and then we've just begun commercialization recently. Okay, so, so it's still relatively small, it, still working through that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, how many people download the app in advance? My kid fell, and I have to get my app the password, or how many people have downloaded it in advance? Have you been able to track that? I, I think it's been a... Um, almost an even mix. Um, we try and encourage people, obviously, to be able to download and then advance, um, right. create their profile. W you know, we worked with experts from um, that came out of IDEO, the design and innovation firm on the West Coast. So setting up the profile um, is very um, is very straightforward. It's username, password, credit card. And we're not asking for a lot of extensive medical history. The physicians right. can actually get that from the patient. Uh, and it's a much better patient satisfier mm -hmm. for the for the doctor to ask the patient, tell me about your past medical history, your medications, your allergies, takes 30 seconds as opposed to patients trying to put it in on a but, mobile device. Right, right. While you're dealing with it. Yeah. Right. Well, That's but, very painful. Yeah. But even yeah, when... That makes, that makes sense. But yes. even when we've had, you know, folks who say, like, I'm actively having a medical problem, um, I mean, they can download the app, they can mm -hmm. set up a profile. It, it takes literally seconds to be mm -hmm. able to do it. Right. Um, so we've created it so it's not a big barrier, obviously, to utilization. Mm -hmm. We've been speaking with healthcare experts from Ali Healthcare. That's uh, um, 
telehealth application based on uh, uh, a mobile application currently available on iOS devices, but soon to be available on Android. And we've been learning about how it helps patients um, avoid a a lot of the wait time that they might run into by going to the emergency room or urgent care for something that could have been handled in a quick conversation with a physician. It allows them to see face-to-face using the video components of the the mobile device um, directly with a physician that in many cases can actually handle and even prescribe medications that will take care of their problem and get them back uh, to their life much more quickly, saving them a lot of the headaches and the expense that comes uh, by going to the emergency room or urgent care needlessly. And, uh, you know, you know, we've talked a little bit about the user experience and so forth. That brings me to uh, one of the, the folks that, uh, that the team has brought with them. Jennifer Smith is a client of Elite Healthcare. had the opportunity to interact with the application. And, and Jennifer, if you would share uh, your experience. Uh, how, I assume you're one of the reference group that, uh, that got introduced to the application. But uh, from what I understand, you've had an opportunity to actually use the application. Can you share a little bit about what that experience was like for you as a user? Sure, yeah. Actually, I think maybe I was one of the first users, but um, I've been a patient of both Reggie and Sylvan's, um, and both experiences were just tremendous. I'm an, an attorney in town. I'm very busy. Um, the, the first experience I had, <clears throat> I had been at an urgent care a couple of days before and um, was on antibiotics that weren't working well for me. Um, it was, I think, a Sunday evening at... 5 p.m. I had um, an event I was going to as a dinner event, um, you know, outside in the middle of a field. Um, it was like, you know, this um, in the middle of a farm. And it was, <laughs> um, but I thought I was going to have to cancel it to go back to the urgent care to get to urgent care before they closed. Right. Um, and I didn't. I was able to go to this dinner party in the middle, like I said, in the middle of a field, use the app. You know, it took, as Sylvan said, I mean, I, it, it it was less than a minute to put in my information, um, call the doctor on the phone, and get a prescription called in. So um, I could then the next day, you know, go on my business trip and not have to either go to the doctor Sunday night or Monday morning. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was just so easy, so easy to use. Describe the uh, the interface for for somebody that's going to be just like you. They're going to be a. Um, a- patient user or a parent user of the application. Talk about what you see. So it really is just, um, and, and of course I have it as um, one of my icons on my phone, but it's an app and you just click on it and call a doctor and within a few minutes, um, or actually in, I, I think both times it was you know within a minute, um, you know, I, I FaceTiming with a doctor is that easy. In so fact, there's a button that says call a doctor. Yeah, literally. You just, yeah, call a doctor. Um, in fact, I think this is, the, today is the first time I've seen Reggie and Sylvan in person. I've only, <laughs> I've only been FaceTime. <laughs> They've both seen up my nose, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so you were able to actually tell them what you're dealing with and you were able to get medication changed and prescribed and be on your way without having to go through all the rigmarole of waiting in a in a waiting room next to screaming children. Exactly. I mean, with, you know, the, the whole interaction was a few minutes um, with Sylvan, and then um, the experience I had when um, I was Reggie's patient, it was after my first marathon, um, and I was pretty sure I had, you know, sprained my ankle. It turned out to be tendonitis. Um, I was crawling around my house, and I didn't really want to have to go to the urgent care sure. with a bunch of sick people. 
um, you know, and drive myself. And, you know, that was one of those things where I was like, I can use the app for that. And I could. And, you know, I was able to show Reggie my, my ankle. And, <laughs> um, again, it was just uh, just so perfect not having to, you know, leave my house or leave the dinner party that I was at. And so when you go to use the, the application as a patient, then you, it's just, from what I understand, it's a flat rate, $100 for that interaction, right? Correct. And if I have to call you back tomorrow or even later tonight, is that that's a second interaction? Is that how it's like going back to the urgent care? Is that you how know, it works? We've really looked at um, you know making sure that we're doing the right thing for our patients um, and empowering the physicians to make that call. So if it's the you know same complaint, um, if it's something that you know needs to be um, you know readdressed, um, we've really you know told the the physicians that they're empowered to to say you know the patient shouldn't be charged for this. I gotcha. Um, if it's a follow up, so if you for example come in and say hey you know I have a you know, a really cad, a really bad case of uh, bronchitis, um, and we think that you know, again, this is um, you know, we can see you, treat you, evaluate what's going on, um, and a week later you come back and say, you know, hey, now I think this is you know, it's giving me some pain in my ear, and I'm having additional congestion, and it it still requires the physician's time. It's a it's a new evaluation, and we still incur all those costs with that. And in that case, we do think mm-hmm. like the ER urgent care. Um, that it's fair to share those costs with our patients. Understand, um, but we're obviously, you know, we're it's a it's a retail medicine business. We're very focused on doing the right thing by our patients, and we think the physicians who are having the interaction with them are often the best ones to make that call about whether or not the patient should be charged for that. With just a few minutes to go uh, here on the show, as we always do, we go through the hour very quickly. Uh, one of the things that we want to share is is what will help Elite Healthcare achieve its goal on a broader scale and that much more quickly. Obviously, we talked about the fact that one of the things that you're doing is trying to partner with healthcare organizations that are interested in delivering this sort of platform to their patient populations, both for the patient satisfaction reasons that we've already discussed, but also to help their own internal flow of patients and be able to more efficiently and effectively utilize their ER and, and, and urgent care uh, services, um, but um, what what other either collaborations, uh, whether it's a technology type uh, collaboration that might help you uh, get that greater spread of awareness and greater involvement uh, of users? What what are things that you are looking for, whether it's funding or, or whatever those partnerships and collaborations may be that would help you? Sure. So I appreciate the opportunity. You know. We say that we're we're really um, at the point where we're commercializing things right now. We're sharing our story. So um, on the consumer front, we want and encourage you know all of the all of your listeners today um, who are in the state of Georgia, you know, download the the app itself. Use Bond Intelligent Care. Um, you know, we're always looking for um, smart, savvy early adopters to be able to utilize the service. Um, we we still follow up with everybody that we see and treat, and we get feedback on on the uh, from them and we're always improving on the experience itself so um on the direct-to-consumer side you know we we encourage everyone to download the app use it um not only is it a is it a you know hopefully a great experience for you as a uh, consumer using the service um but it helps us as an organization become more sophisticated more savvy about the care that we're delivering and then um certainly on the partnership side you know we are uh constantly exploring partnership opportunities um, as you discussed at the beginning you know looking at and talking to some companies who help you for example schedule uh, an appointment either with your physician or um, even sort of reserve a spot in the ER 
So a lot of those companies are compelling partnerships for us where we could potentially see those patients. And if they needed to be referred to urgent care or to the ER, yeah. um, we could potentially work with them to help schedule an appointment for our patients. And, and again, provide our patients with a, a differentiated end-to-end service that feels much more, um, you know, much more uh, personalized, uh, much, much more careful, much more empowering for them. And, and then you're absolutely right. So we're um, continuing the discussions with uh, some of the traditional healthcare folks like health systems and hospitals around how we could potentially work with them um, to provide these services to their patient populations. Folks who are really um, interested in expanding their uh, brand recognition, their, um, their reach into the home and into the workplace, and who are not only, you know, again, sort of pursuing the urgent care strategies, but see this as an opportunity um, to provide better care for their patients. And we think, you know, that, that um, so far the discussions have really, most folks have looked to us to say, we need an easy button. We get that we could probably do this on our own, but it would just take time, resources, expertise that we have to take off of our core competencies right. to learn a new business and a new way of doing things. Um, and so folks who are looking for that type of opportunity, we can provide an easy button for them to really help them get into this space. I know I'll be talking to people about the application for sure because it's really cool and seems very intuitive and, and easy to use, um, an elegant way to interface with a physician. I, I, I've historically tapped Schwegman whenever I uh, <laughs> need to do that. He's been my uh, elite healthcare. Hey, Dave, do you think I need to go to the ER? Um, and, and that's absolutely <laughs> it. The, the concept of sort of a doctor in the family is one of the things that we started with. Yeah, you know, that's really say, cool. Reggie, myself, Dave Schwegman, you know, we all get the calls from family members, uh, Christy <laughs> yeah. as well as a clinician saying, hey, you know, what do you think I need to do about this? And yeah. so it's a way for everyone to have access to that. And as importantly, for the physicians who are constantly, you know, asked by their friends, um, it's a way to make sure that we're compliant with the state medical regulations so that we can, um, you know, make sure that we record a patient's, you know, uh, health record that if they need medications, we can actually prescribe it um, through official channels as opposed to, you know, calling the pharmacy and saying, uh, yeah, so somebody with the same last name as me is going to come in and pick (laughs) up, you know, a Z-Pack later today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and Jay, before we run out of time, I know that uh, Health Connect South has an event coming up here in the fall. You want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, that, that's right. Thanks, CW. 63 days from now, Health Connect South will have its second gathering of top executives, innovators, and decision makers in the Southeast. If you go to the Health Connect South website, healthconnectsouth.com, click on registration. We have a special promo for our radio listeners. Just type in Radio X when you go to the registration page, and you get $100 off uh, registration. So... Uh, you'll be hearing this promo again, but we just want to let people uh, give advantage to our r- radio listeners. And if if you haven't been familiar yet with Health Connect South and, and what they're trying to do, if you're listening today, and particularly if you're in the Atlanta area and you're in the healthcare community, I would strongly urge that you take part in this organization and, and get to know some of the other uh, peers that you have and, and healthcare resources that are available here in the Atlanta area. They're all about trying to put you together with that next collaboration that will help your Uh, research initiative or your device development, whatever the case may be that you're working on where you're trying to deliver better care to our community, help you do that on a grander scale, on a a faster pace. Um, If you want to go get more information about Ali'i Healthcare, you can do so at ali'ihealthcare.com. That's A-L-I-I healthcare.com, all one word. And uh, then, of course, they're on social media as well. 
That's correct. And uh, we'll tie in with you so that uh, folks that are following us uh, on our social media feeds can also get information from you. Any final thoughts before we have to go here in the final minute? These hours just fly by. There's so many questions here as you roll out to different states. We'd just love to see if you come back for in the future and give us an update. Absolutely. We, we certainly appreciate the opportunity and a special thank you to Jennifer Smith coming in as one of our, uh, as she said, first customers. And, and I think, again, <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. it's a great testimonial about sort of where we're going. So we appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and we're excited about next steps. Well, Sylvan right. Waller, um, Reginald Nesbitt, Christy, Christy Sherman, and Jennifer Smith, thank you all f- for taking some time out of your day. Jay Schaefer, thanks for taking some time for sitting in with us today in yeah, Diana's thanks, place. And thanks to the folks over at uh, Sherwick Media Group. Uh, they're the organization that in large part helps make this program available to you on a week-in, week-out basis. So we really appreciate those folks. Get to know them at Sherwick.com. If you haven't done so already, link up with the Health Connect South Radio Show at HealthCon Radio on Twitter and uh, uh, follow us. And make sure you subscribe to the show so you can uh, check out these awesome healthcare experts that we're bringing to you on a week-in, week-out basis at healthconnect.businessradiox.com. Make sure to make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. This show is brought to you by Sherwick Media. Sherwick is the health and wellness solution, content that inspires change. Learn more at www.sherwick.com. That's sharewik.com. And link up with us on Facebook and Twitter.